everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Bob Rathman here in Atlanta. The one, the only, Fran Fraschilla of ESPN will be joining us on the podcast this week to talk about the madness that is the Big 12. And he's also going to unveil a couple of coaching candidates to keep our eye on when we talk about our Warner Ladder Naismith Men's Coach of the Year at season's end. Great comments as always. Wonderful basketball conversation with Fran that's coming up in just a moment. And before we dive into our Jersey Mike's News and Notes of the Week, a little Atlanta tip-off club news because we've had some major changes at the top and we want to salute some gentlemen who've done so much for us. First of all, uh, our executive director, Eric Oberman, has been named the organization's president. This is huge, a great move for Eric. His leadership has been just tremendous, the day-to-day running of the club and organizing all the awards, and we do so many that we don't talk about here on the podcast, and Eric's work has just been ridiculously good. So congratulations to E on that. And we also want to salute our board chairman, Gar- Barry Goheen. He's going to be stepping down Uh, at the end of the year. And Barry has been our leader since 2008, uh, just a pillar of strength and guidance and leadership for the Atlanta Tip-Off Club that oversees, of course, all of these Naismith Awards. So we wanted to just take a second to salute Barry and thank him, a great player, of course, at Vanderbilt and a great basketball person. He's been terrific. And we got another terrific guy coming in, Tim McGee, who has been on our board since 06. He's the founder of MSP Sports. He will be moving into a position of vice chair and then take over the chair in 2025. So we look forward to working with Tim. We've been working with him for years. uh, But we just want to take a second to say thank you to these great men for their leadership and all they've done for the game of college basketball. On to the Jersey Mike's News and Notes of the Week, an epic women's game in Baton Rouge on Thursday night. Number one, South Carolina on the brink, no doubt about it. Would number nine, LSU, be able to seal the deal? Well, Angel Reese of LSU fouled out of the game with 4.02 left, and South Carolina, as they always seem to do, kicked it into high gear. They won on an 11-3 run to close it out and won the game 76-70. A couple of incredible stats on South Carolina women. They have won 10 straight games after falling behind by double figures. And they have won 28 consecutive road games. Let that sink in. Big women's game on the weekend, Saturday, Notre Dame at UConn. Over on the men's side, couple of ball clubs. We had Armando Baycott with us from North Carolina. The Tar Heels continue to roll. They have not lost a game since the middle of December. You've got the Dayton Flyers having won 13 consecutive games. And lo and behold, here comes Richmond. They were picked 11th in the preseason A-10 poll. Chris Mooney's team is now 14-5. They are 6-0 in the conference. Dayton is 6-0 in the conference. So circle this one. Richmond and Dayton, 6 p.m. Saturday. It's nationally televised on CBS Sports Network. And for our man Ed Cooley, who was our 22 Warner Ladder Naismith Men's Coach of the Year, his new team, Georgetown, goes to Providence. He returns to PC, and that game is coming up Saturday. And uh, what an emotional day that is going to be in Rhode Island as Ed Cooley returns. We'll talk more about college hoops. An update with Fran Fraschilla right after this from Jersey Mike's. 
Good news. There's a Jersey Mike's coming to your area. You probably got a ton of questions, so I'll try to answer some. Yes, the meat and cheese for every cold sub is freshly sliced right in front of you. Yes, we grill every hot sub right in front of you. No, we do not accept pirate doubloons for payment. Yes, we have catering. 12 subs in a box. No, our restaurants are not haunted. I hope. Okay, congrats on the New Jersey Mikes. A sub above. Time for our midseason checkup with the main man of the Big 12 and of ESPN, their great analyst, Fran Fraschilla, joining us on the podcast this week. Fran, how are you, sir? Good to catch up. Well, since this is a checkup, I'm doing fine, Dr. Rathman. It's a pleasure to be with you. (laughs) Well, you're a doctor of basketball, so. Something like that. I think I got my unofficial Um, doctorate. I could say that. Yeah, no question. Um, Let's talk about your area of immediate expertise. And, of course, that's the Big 12. That's Uh the beach that you're on. When the 12th place team is nationally ranked, like BYU is currently, uh, you got a pretty good conference. You know, we've seen this happen over the last decade. Uh, I go by the Ken Pomeroy numbers. To me, he's my he's my uh, guru um, because the, the the analytics, Bob, as you know, just like the NBA, the analytics see every game, and the AP voters don't. So when Ken Pomeroy says it's been the best league in college basketball now nine of the last eleven years. And I believe, I, I think it was, oh gosh, eight or nine teams in, in his top 25. It's a heck of a league. And uh, interesting thing about this league this year, I don't know if it's as strong at the top with a dominant, dominant team like Kansas has been, or even Baylor recently, but especially with the expansion one to 14, I've never seen a compression of a conference where one and 14 there's very little difference, and there are no surprises when, let's say, for example, number one goes to number 14 and loses, like Kansas did recently at West Virginia. Virginia. Mm. I want to ask you your thoughts on the impact of expansion and what that has done to the Big yeah. 12 this year. Well, it's probably the, on- the only negative I could see in- in it with expansion. Well, let me tell you a couple negatives, because I know you're, you're, you, 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 you yell to people get off to get off your lawn just like I do. <laughs> uh, but of, of course, of course, we're in a new normal. You know, I mean, there's no longer going to be. We haven't had Kansas, Kansas, Mizzou in basketball in the Big 8 in a while. Now Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the Big 12. Um, so there are things that us traditionalists don't like about expansion. But on the other hand, you got to give Brett Yormark a lot of credit because he has not only kept this basket, this league together, but I believe from a basketball standpoint, it's going to get even better when you add the likes of uh, more, most recently Houston and BYU and Cincinnati and next year Arizona and Arizona State, Colorado and Utah. So I love the direction of the league basketball-wise. Now, here's the one negative. Um, forever, we've had double round robin. I think it's been a big part of the success of the Big 12 you lose at K-State in January. You get them back in your home court in February. So that's going to be missing a little bit because we won't have that double round robin. But by and large, I think the league is flourishing and is poised to get better. Well, to your point on the Ken Palm, as we record this on Thursday, you've got Houston at number one. And if you want to count Arizona, they are at number three to look ahead to next year. And then you've got a BYU team that, you know, is – 14 and 5 overall. They're 2 and 4 in the conference, Fran. 
And we didn't, I don't think, on a national scene, really knew what to expect after uh, they got into the Big 12 and how that would play out. And there they do. There they're sitting at number nine in Ken Palm as we speak. Uh, your take on the Cougars. You know, they've, uh, they're getting a taste of what they wanted, which is an incredible league. They fit like a glove. Uh, you may not feel that way if you're flying from Central Florida to Provo to play them. But they, their tradition, their football, certainly, their Olympic sports. Uh, I mentioned a tradition. We're talking about Danny Ainge and Jimmer Fredette and the great Kresimir Chosic back in the 70s, first Yugoslavian to come to America and star in college. I think he was an All-American. So they really fit. They're learning how to play for 40 minutes because I'm telling you, Bob, they've got a good team. I saw them in person. They were up 16 at the half at Texas Tech in front of a, a raucous crowd, and then a Big 12 game broke out in the second half. <laughs> and, and Texas Tech came back after them, and the Cougs just couldn't weather the storm. Then they took a really good Houston team to the buzzer uh, a couple nights ago. So I'm really optimistic for them. they got a great young coach, great fan base, some really good players. And uh, as someone who coached against them in the old Mountain West at New Mexico, I'm very excited for the Cougs and the Utes to be back in my wheelhouse. Yeah, there you go. You mentioned the Houston Cougars. I think this is one of the more intriguing teams. Uh, we've talked about them a lot here on the podcast. But I want to shift gears a little bit with you, Fran, and talk about our Naismith Warner Ladder uh, Men's Coach of the Year candidates. There's a guy that's coaching that Cougar program by the name of Kelvin Sampson who takes a back seat to know him. Why are you such a big Kelvin Sampson fan? Well, first of all, he better get used to me because I got nine of I got eight of their first eleven Big Twelve games this year on ESPN. <laughs> so, I I mean I pretty much uh, you know I'm part of their family right now. I got five straight Houston games coming up. Is that crazy or what? You know that is nuts. so. Yeah. Now the beauty of Kelvin is uh, first of all, Bob and I, you and I have been friends for a while now. You know that my Manhattan team in 1995 upset his Oklahoma team. In the 1995 NCAA tournament, a 13 seed we were, we actually became friends after that game because he's a ball coach. You know, he was very complimentary of my team. We, we talked afterwards. We got to see each other more and more. And through the years, I've grown to have a great friendship with Kelvin. We know what he went through at Indiana, and he had a show cause order, went to the NBA. And quite frankly, he could have stayed in the NBA because you know that league. He was on his way to being a head coach and um, got an interesting story for you. His dad was his high school basketball coach. And um, Kelvin was, you'll remember when the great Kevin McHale was coaching the Rockets and tragically his daughter passed away of lupus suddenly in Australia, a very sad moment. Well, Kelvin was the head coach of the Rockets for a few games. And one night after a game in Los Angeles, uh, he was talking to his dad as he always did after every game. And his dad said, hey, good win. He said, but, you know, you're a college coach. You have more impact on the college game. I know, you know, this was Kelvin's first time to be a head coach in six years. Well, the next day, his dad passed away. And a few weeks later, the University of Houston came calling. And he said to himself, I needed something to fix. Houston definitely needed a fixing. And Kelvin probably needed a fix uh, to get back that great reputation he once had. And, you know, the rest is history. 
10 years later, he's one of the giants in the profession again on the college level, and he's a masterful coach. He still coaches accountability. He's tough on his kids, but they love him. He loves them, and he's got a wonderful team this year, and they play hard. Um, and uh, I think, quite frankly, you and I were talking off the air, I think Kelvin Sampson is going to be a candidate here coming down the stretch of the season for the Naismith Werner Ladder Coach of the Year. And he seems such a great tournament coach. Um, you know, that's a hard thing to do to get Final Fours, just to get out of the first weekend um, and get to right. Sweet 16s, et cetera. But he does such a wonderful job. Great stories on Kelvin. Fran, there's, there's got to be some others. I mean, that's you are a coach. Yeah. This is what you do. Yep. And you've identified so many great coaches over the years, not only for us, but uh, with your work on ESPN. Who else is out there that we you know, ought to be taking a look at here as we get to the end of January? Well, it's kind of funny because last year at this time we were talking about a guy named Jerome Tang. And we didn't know he was right. taking Kansas State to the Elite Eight later on. But he was certainly on the radar. Um, you know, the obvious ones who haven't won it yet, I don't believe. But Danny Hurley's doing a tremendous job. Uh, up at UConn, you know, to be to win a national title and still have a team that I think is a favorite to win it. Uh, Matt Painter is another guy who's quickly becoming a giant in the business who I think, you know, is certainly, you know, in that mix as well. He's done a, you know, a fabulous job as well. I'll tell you a guy that I think has really starting to grow as a coach. He had a great first year, not so good second year, but the job Hubert Davis is doing at North Carolina. Um, we all know that they can score the ball, and they got Baycott inside, and they've got R.J. Davis, who I think is a legitimate candidate for Naismith Player of the Year. Um, but but uh, Hubert's certainly in that mix as well. Um, those are just some of the guys. In this league, in the Big 12, it's early, Bob. I wouldn't really, other than Kelvin, I, you know, there's not a lot of guys that I would say keep an eye on because – they could all end up eight and eight or nine and nine, I should say. You know, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> the way this league is going, I think the winning the team that wins the league could be eleven and seven. So, uh, but Kelvin's certainly doing a great job. There are others out there, certainly. Uh, my guy Bruce Pearl lost last night, but Auburn's been a nice surprise in the SEC. Uh, you know, Nate Oates had a big win last night, but just some of the names, and uh, we're getting into the meat of conference play. So we're going to narrow that list of candidates down here as we get closer to March. Yeah, and the Final Four, and we will see you, of course, there at our Final Four brunch. But, Fran, thanks so much for taking time. I know you got to run. We'll be watching you as we do every night on ESPN, all these great Big 12 games. Thank you so much for the, for the update. This is fabulous, and all the best to you, Meg, and the boys. Sounds good, Bob. Safe travels along your journeys, and uh, we'll catch up soon. That is it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Please like and support our podcast by following us each and every week. We are here talking about all these amazing men and women that make college and high school basketball so great. Thanks so much for joining us this week, as always. From all of us at the Naismith Awards, Bob Rathman saying so long.